The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? It's, it's Dr. Doom. What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this woman? You are really hired, Mr. Stark. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, Roddy Katz, and I am here tonight with the one and only PC and underscore Dirt, who started it early. It was okay. Yeah, well, you know, I, I thought you were going to pause for your, your tears there, but whatever. No, no, no. No tears for the host this time. But- Give yourself a cheer, PC and underscore dirt. And it's so weird because I cannot hear any of the sound effects in my headset. So I am sitting literally in an empty, quiet, silent room. I don't, I don't hear, I'm just, I'll pretend like I hear it. Maybe I can't hear it, hopefully, I think. Or I could do this for you. There you go. We got our bases covered here on this here podcast, y'all. Uh, like I said, this is a combo chronicles. This is episode one seventy, which we never two seventy, excuse me, which we never ever actually say the numbering of this thing. So I don't know why I just did that this time. But nevertheless, um, nevertheless, Jesus, uh, not with us tonight, or at least not right now. He may or may not show up. We don't know. Is agent underscore seventy on Twitter? Who is possibly bawling his eyes out at the Mr. Mr. Rogers documentary? You know, if you've seen it already, then you know, don't let me know what it is because I'll see it eventually. Um, also, not with us, who is still on this Timbatical, is one Tim G O W G nine eight on Twitter. That's Tim Dog for all of you. Not in the know. He did pass along his quick click of the week, so we got that, and everything is all right in the world. But as that, you can also find us at all those places on Twitter. You can find. Um, I should have did this in the first place. I don't know why. I'm slipping. Uh, PopCultureNetwork.com. I need comics.com for PCD underscore dope. PopCultureNet also on Twitter for, for PCN underscore dope. Uh, PCN underscore. And that's what I just said. Lord, what is going on tonight? All right. Uh, Instagram and Twitter for agent underscore 70 at that address. Uh, CBCron, VClick Nation. That's all one word. V-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-N on Twitter. And of course, like I said, the Tim D-O-double-G-9-8 on Twitter. Also, for that. You can also check him out on CBR, who's he's uh you know doing his business over there. His, his dark business. And you can also find me on Twitter at Roddy Cat. You can also find me on Twitter at uh, News News Need and uh, Instagram at CB Caps. And you can also go check out the News News Need uh, Reddit if you so desire. Oh, you Where, what's that? Started a Reddit. Oh yeah, I've had it for going for years or a couple oh. of years now. Okay, well. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like you know anything I find on Twitter, Twitter that I post on there, I put a lot of it on that Reddit. So you know some of the stuff you'll see on the Twitter, you'll see on the Reddit also. All right, then fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So go check it out if you feel like it. What else you want to go and check out is uh, the CSPN, which is which hosts uh, this hair fine podcast and other podcasts on CSPN.us. 
Uh, you can also subscribe to this podcast at your podcast place of uh, choice. I know that's kind of weird not being able to hear the sound effects from what you're playing them. But, um, if there's a delay, there's also like a you know like a half second or two second delay sometimes between us. So I'm never actually 100% sure if I'm hitting those in the right spot. Sure, sure. But that's okay, because we're going to keep the truck rolling and say that you can subscribe to this podcast on Google Play and Apple uh, Music or, excuse me, Apple Podcasts, whatever, iTunes for you for you folks of a certain vintage like me. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. We, we mm-hmm. do like five-star reviews on iTunes. It's great when we get good reviews. In fact, we got a great review uh, just like this. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. That was great. Nice. That doesn't work. Is it in the podcast? I love it. Um, and you could also uh, go to shop.cspn.us where you can, you know, go get some uh, comic book chronicles merch. I wish I had some with me right now, but I do not. But that's okay because you can go over there and find all of it as well as a uh, podcast merch from other CSPN shows. And with that, we are going to start off with, uh, as we do every week, with the comic book reviews of the week. And we're going to start off with. Marvel 2-in-1, number 7. Okay, so... <laughs> okay. I think the, the one good thing... Um, that, that I think probably one of the best things story-wise that came out of this was we finally have uh, the answer as to why they're being helped out um, by the scientist lady whose name I can't remember. Arachnid. Uh, uh, well yeah you're right at least they know because we knew we knew from the i think first and second issue well yeah Uh, but it's like all out in the open now right so yeah that is the the basically the big thing that that came out of this issue um which you know uh, whatever is going to happen because of that with them and team because apparently the, the you know after that came out things started happening and um there's some misplay there's some displacement going on at, at the end of the, the issue. But before that, uh, that seemed to be the whole draw of this book to be like, okay, because like Doom already knew. Um, like Johnny doesn't know anything. Uh Ben kind of knows pretty much well now knows ha- half of it because well, he actually he pretty much knows it all now because you know he was holding his secret. Doom wasn't wasn't kind of really didn't have much holding back because he knew it all and he wasn't even there at the beginning, as far as we know. So Johnny's pretty much the only one that's still kind of, you know, halfway out of the loop. So, okay. So then let me ask you this. We find out uh, in this issue that they are, uh, actually, it was probably, I think, the end of the last issue. But anyway, they're in Battle World. Right. Uh, as returned from Secret Wars. Uh, uh, that was, they were in a different place last issue. So that was this issue. Yeah. So uh, how do you feel about Battle World making its return? I mean, has it really actually even gone anywhere since Secret Wars? Because, like, every now and then it has popped up in different, you know, even if not in reference, then in, in some other fashion. So I'm fine with it, but it's like the little pockets that they end up showing are just the weird pockets that we probably didn't even see, or at least didn't see a whole lot of when it was going on. So it's just licensed for them to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, this was, you know, we mentioned Battle World and we socked this in here. And, you know, I mean, for me, like they're they're taking a trip through the multiverse, and we know that 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 Reed and Sue are out there, and they're repopulating the multiverse, and of all the universes they can show to go back to, and we've seen a lot of new original ones. We've seen a lot of like what if, uh, you know, tech worlds. So you know, Secret Invasion had gone a different way, whatever. But for them to actually go back and revisit a multiverse 
world, and this is the one they choose out of you all of like we don't get Spider Ham's world or anything like that. This is the one that we get. Like, so you're saying this like a lazy? Oh, here, this is what I think about revisiting Battle World. Hey, boo! <laughs> I mean, like, when Secret Wars came out, and you know, Battle World was a thing, and, and you know, we got a lot of great stuff out of it. Yeah, that was cool. But yeah, like having to come back from, it, especially when either the multiverse is gone and come back, and whatever else, and. Actually, I'll even go you one further. We also have the exiles out there in the multiverse. Uh, so I'm saying, I'm thinking. As a matter of fact, I said it in my notes here. I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point those two teams didn't uh, didn't didn't meet each other. I would be shocked if it didn't. Like the because I mean, granted, they, they don't necessarily have to do that, but I'm like, okay, the ex, if the exiles are out there, they'll probably end up on battle roll at some point. You know. Okay. Okay. So you think battle exiles will end up on Battle World, not that that thing, and Johnny Storm and Doom are going to meet the exiles on the world. I feel like they. It would make sense. Like, well, let's let's put it. If I was writing something, and this is not necessarily that just has to happen, but it 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 would be really strange. Like, yes, there's multiverses. Like, you know, so the the fact that they would even meet each other would be astronomically, you know, um, audit, but this is also Marvel. So things like that don't ha- don't doesn't just, you know, not happen. So I can't imagine why they couldn't just do like, oh, by the way, we're here. You're here too. Like even if it's in Exiles or in, in this book, which would probably be more reasonable. Right. Well, and see, that's the thing is, is I agree it would make sense to have them do some sort of crossover, but I think you're giving Marvel too much credit at this point. Probably. I think it's one of those things that you could probably go up to the editor-in-chief and be like, hey, what about doing this? And he would go, oh, wow, we never thought about that. Well, too late. We've already played Fantastic Four number one, so Marvel 2 and one's going away, so never mind. True, and they probably wouldn't, and because it came from some random dude off the street, they wouldn't do it anyway because of lawsuits. So, but just so you guys know, it is right here on the Combo Chronicles as an idea. So if you hear about that coming out somewhere else, TM'd. We're suing. I'm just kidding, I don't know. but um, I don't know. It, it's... It is strange to come back to Battle World after all of this, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Like, hey, boo! <laughs> Actually, here, here you go. I, I do know. That's that's it right there. Fair enough. Because if you, because also if you think about it, like there's been a number. Or it's not been, but there's been a couple of times where they have referenced recent events. That have long gone. Like they've referenced, uh, ran it. This is not too far gone because it was last year, but they just referenced last last week uh, in Avengers Civil War Two. Yeah, and they well, a couple of different times. Yeah, but th- I mean that was like a, a breaking the fourth wall reference, not like a like a reference to the world of Civil War or anything like that. But we, but but nevertheless, we have still even after the multiversal changes we've had, there have been still secret wars. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was just like a thrown out line of like these two were fighting, so we might as well call it civil war, or make a reference to it, but not not necessarily. I don't think like you're supposed to understand that they recognize that as a reference. To oh, I mean, I agree, but it, it was a little too on the line, especially on the nose, especially when Thor pretty much basically said, "Stop your silver warring." Yeah, I, I know did that. Like, okay, really, I, more a bad joke than you know actually referencing that anybody you know. He's actually talking about that, but anyway, yeah. But nevertheless, let's let's leave, leave that for last weekend and back to uh to Marvel Two One. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you that the, anywhere they could have gone and made up. And as a matter of fact, they if 
they didn't even necessarily have to reference Battle World to just kind of just let that go and just have it be what it is. Although some people probably some people probably would have made that uh assertion anyway. I was like, oh, they're on Battle World. I don't know if I would have, but it could have gone any way with that one, you know. I just I just uh did they have they announced that Marvel Two and One is ending when Fantastic Four comes out? I don't remember them saying that. Um, I I would not be surprised if that was the case, though. Although, I mean, there's still like, come on, the book is a classic. I'm actually surprised they didn't do any legacy number run for these for these, or did they? Oh yeah, Marvel Two and One is uh, legacy number one hundred seven. Okay, that was okay. But I'm just I, trying. Uh, yeah. I'm just trying to think whether or not they've announced. Uh, because I'm not seeing anything about it right now, actually, that it's ending. Right. And we already got uh, September solicited. So if it's still there, then at the very least, they're going to keep going for a little while. I mean, there's no reason why the book couldn't stick around, though. They just changed the, just changed the focus of the book to go back to the to the classic one, you know? Or keep it as Ben and Johnny afterwards. We don't know. But, I mean, if you see what they're doing with X-Men, well, actually, that's not a that's probably not a good case. So let me shut up on that one. Because <laughs> okay. they are getting rid of two books. Because if Fantastic Four may focus more on reading Sue, and they might leave Marvel Two and One to focus more on Ben and Johnny, just have right. a beat book to Fantastic Four. Just right. have a joke that they're number books, Fantastic Four and Marvel Two and One, both of those being you know number, make some sort of math joke or something, and have them you know that they're connected that way. I don't know. <clears throat> we'll, we'll have to see. We'll see right, or because they, they may just keep Two and One classic, and it's like, all right, we'll just make a team up book and see how long that floats. Because they kind of started heading that way with the with the annual, even though technically Doom's with you know with them in this book. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah. So it, it, it's I guess it's worth noting that it looks they they made the note to to say that this takes place before Iron Man six hundred, which I still have yet to read. Oh. We can assume that there's some things afoot. Yeah, I haven't read Iron Man. Like I gave up on Iron Man, so I don't. Uh... Right. Well, I wanted to read 600 just to see, just to see, you know, how they ended yeah. out. Or, but I still haven't caught up on that book, and I do have a couple of a few issues to do on that one. So I don't know. So, but if you are, if you've, if you've, if you read this and say, hey, but that's what's going on, then you know, you know why because it's before. Well, I'll tell you what, if you're watching this show uh, right now, and you know what's going on. Send out a tweet at CB Cron or at Comic Book Chronicles. Let us know what the connection is between Marvel Two and One Seven and Iron Man Six Hundred. Uh, or maybe not, because I don't think I care. Uh, well, I actually, I think I kind of already know because there's some. I know there's been articles floating around there. Apparently, there it may or may not have something to do with um, Doom status. Look, I'm just trying to get people like connected to the show, man. That's what I'm Fair doing. Enough. Here. Fair <laughs> enough. You keep it, keep it rolling, sir. Keep it rolling. Uh, speaking of keeping it rolling, um, what book do you want to hit next? You got something in the DC corner you want to throw out, or you want to keep it on a Marvel train for a sec? I'm, I'm going to do a Marvel book, and I'm going to do it just to anger Agent 70 since he's not here. Uh, okay. That is Sentry, uh, number one. I'm going to that, so thank you. <laughs> I uh, I actually bought it, uh, you know, believe it or not. Uh, it's actually, okay, here's the, the whole reason why I gave it a chance, is that Jeff Lemire is writing it. And so I figure okay. if he was writing it, I'll give it a shot. You know what I mean? Um, fair. He polished a fair amount of turds in the comic book universe. So uh, I figured I, you know, let it go. And so here's the basic idea is that, um, you know, he has 
this pocket dimension. And every 24 hours, he goes into this pocket dimension and he becomes the sentry. And he's got a sidekick and he's got a, a girl sidekick and a dog sidekick. And the void appears and they battle the void and they defeat the void. And then he pops out of the uh, pocket universe back into the regular Marvel universe. And he's back to being just a lonely old man who works part time at a fast food restaurant. And the whole thing is that the void is inside of him. So he goes into the pocket universe, becomes the sentry. The void comes out. He fights it, defeats it, puts it away. And then he can go back in the real world and he doesn't have to worry about the void trying to break out for another 24 hours. So he's so, basically with a mental health day right. each time the void. I mean, each time he goes into the pocket, which I think they may have, they didn't necessarily address this in Dr. Doom, Dr. Strange when they brought him back out, but I think they, they showed as much. Yeah, yeah, because he basically mentions that Dr. Strange helped set this whole thing up. So, um, so it just kind of shows how mundane his life has gotten, how, uh, you know, it's, he, he's just really living this terrible life here. But it makes you kind of feel bad for him in a way, because th- that whole superhero life that he wants, that he likes, that everybody, everybody who's got superpowers, you know, wants to use them uh, and live that kind of life. And, and he, well, yeah, he, when he, Avengers, he kind of had issues with it, but that mainly was because of the void. Right, right. So um, he just has to live like this terrible, normal, mundane existence. And he gets this moment where he can go in the other universe, but it's kind of like a dream. And he knows it doesn't really matter. And, uh, you know, so uh, it makes him a much more sympathetic character, uh, especially in terms of wanting to be the hero and not being able to, you know, he knows that if he uses his powers, it's going to create a problem in, in the real world. So he's sacrificing that heroic uh, ability in this pocket dimension to keep the rest of the world safe. You know, so you do kind of feel bad for him in that sense. Um, and you also so, know they long. They can't possibly stay like that for long. Right. Well, because that is the status quo of his mundane life. So, of course, uh, what's the first thing Lemire does is he interrupts this and he breaks, you know, he ruins everything. Um, and so now they're going to have to fix it. So I don't want to exactly say, you know, why or how, but a mysterious character shows up that we don't know who it is and causes a disruption to this pattern. So we know that a bad thing is going to come out of it. We don't know exactly what, or we don't know exactly how, we don't know why, we don't know who this person is, but somehow this person figured it out, and they've interrupted the flow for whatever reason. And so uh, it, it is one of those where you get to you know the, like the last page, and you're like, okay, this just took a turn that I wasn't expecting. And mm-hmm. when, when they're able to throw in a curveball like that, I enjoy it. So... Right enjoyed this first issue a lot and you know on the strength of this first issue i'm like all right i'm gonna go ahead and put down for the series i'm gonna go ahead and give it a shot because i do like lemire and i think uh he has pulled off something interesting here with the character i mean yeah he did something pretty decent with um with moon knight so and i there are a couple of things i'm probably forgetting about that he's done so i don't know i said i was gonna try to i was gonna at the very least read this one just kind of give it a shot but i century is not a character that i've never cared for thanks bendis um, speaking of actually, Ben, because I know you weren't around when we talked about this last week. Did you see the news about uh, what he's doing over in um, Man so of Steel? About it, but I, I hadn't. Oh, you know, okay. I, I don't. The only stuff that I see is like Marvel sends out press reports, so I get the PR uh, in my mailbox, and that's about the only thing I really do to look ahead at stuff. Um, gotcha. But otherwise, I don't go to news sites. I don't even uh, you know like the previews catalogs and stuff. I just kind of quickly flip through them just to kind of basically like, okay, I want this, I don't want that. But I try not to get too in depth and read everything, and I, I try to let it flow. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I wish I had that because unfortunately, 
getting the news for the show, like, you know, some of this comes kind of comes out. So, but yeah, so yeah, Nuclear Man, coming back. Thanks. Thanks, Bendis. That's... Oh, I did hear about that. Okay, well, all right. <laughs> to be fair. Uh-oh. To be fair, Nuclear Man was the character created by Christopher Reeve. I mean, Christopher Reeve created that character for Superman 4. And sure. as bad as Superman 4 was, that was the movie that Christopher Reeve wanted to make. Now, granted, he had the budget he wanted to make it with, um, but the whole nuclear disarmament and, and, and turning um, you know, nuclear energy into like this evil creature that Superman could fight and that whole kind of like beatnik uh, anti-energy thing, uh, whatever was his whole little whatever. So as much as I don't like the character uh, because of the movie and everything you know related to it, you, you at least have to identify the fact that for him to bring the character back is at least a wink and a nod to the memory of Christopher Reeve and, and kind of giving him, uh, you know, credit for coming up with this character and trying to do something with it. I agree with you up to the point, except for the fact that, and yes, I, I agree with y'all on, on all that stuff, the fact that, and I don't know why I just repeated myself, like, um, but um, Ben is just likes terrible superpowered Bond characters. Let's, let's go ahead and say that. Can, can we agree on that? <sighs> I'm gonna say on that. So the, the Christopher thing, the Christopher Reed thing aside, sure that is what it is. But no one like I mean, maybe, was a terrible movie. You, yeah, we, like, like, Lemire can take a bad character like Sentry and turn it into something interesting. So maybe Lemire or maybe Bendis is thinking, hey, Lemire can do that. Oh, you're you cut out. I can't hear you. You cut out. I don't know, you just cut out and miss it, and like you just it went like click. I don't know what just happened. Yeah, I don't know. I and I can't read I can't read. Oh, you mute it. Oh. And I can hear that. I heard that sound effect. <laughs> but I can't hear you, right. So yeah, we've been having some technical difficulties on 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 sides here. <laughs> um, well, while he's while he's doling out, it's Nuclear Man. Nucle- and I realize somebody's going to look out from the South. Nuclear Man. I know how to say it. Either way, he's the one that's... Oh, wait. I just heard you. Or I just heard something. Oh, okay, that was sound effect. Okay. So anyway, while he's doing that, let's get to... Uh, <laughs> I'll just throw out a, another book here really quickly. Uh, Multiple Man number one. Um, so, so, oh, that was, oh, me. that was me. I don't know what, I don't know. So, yeah, Multiple Man number one, uh, just happened. Now, I've, I've heard about rumors about this book. Well, not rumors, but I heard a little bit about this book. And it's from Matthew Rosenberg, who just who finished up, uh, Secret Warriors not too long ago. And, uh, I can't remember what the other book was. So, I was prepared to check this out because of that fact, because, Rosenberg usually writes some fun stuff. This one is kind of no exception, except for the fact it's a little weird. And that's even saying that by X-Men standards. Uh, so if you don't know, Multiple Man is a Jamie Madrox. He died during during whatever heck of the event that was when um, he was exposed to um, uh, the Terrigen Mists. He's, his power was to make multiple copies of himself, which he did. And apparently, apparently him and, and, all, and all of it died, died during that. One, one, 
But it's it's also okay. That's okay. That's weird. It was also having wish issues. Say something. Okay. Nope. No good. No good. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. Like that. You were just talking, and then it just like click. So, but anyway. Um. So yeah, multiple man. Um, died. They found another one of his clones in in some kind of bunker, who's also slowly dying. But then he ends up doing some shenanigans. Oh god. And one agent seventy just pops in with with So while he's getting his his mic. Nothing. Nada. Nope. Um I saw the pinch and I saw the one second thing. So okay. <laughs> we should have we should all learn uh sign language folks. Um but anyway, like I said, during the course of this, um, during the course of this issue, some weird, strange things. Well, not even some weird, strange things. Like it's the X Men. It's not like X Men don't die and come back and all those. Right? So, so, but in this case, there were some things were some that things happened that happened with um, with um, clone, clone that's kick start, kick start a whole a whole thing, thing that, that uh, the, uh, the issue, which issue. apparently he know anything about but maybe uh may have something to do with something he did during the course of the issue we don't know this but he's not making claims to it and um this was a a pretty fun read the art was kind of nice i can't remember who was actually doing the art i should have looked at that but it um was definitely a pretty fun and strange read um oh oh wait oh wait i'm looking at that Great podcast. Uh, uh, I just said, I don't think you can hear it. Oh, you can hear it. Can I come say anything? Testing sound. Testing sound. Oh, there, there. there you go. There's an echo that I'm hearing. Yeah. Has it been going on all night? No. No. Dirt's been having some issues. Oh, man. Because he was sounding fine a little while ago, before like a little while before you came in, and then it just cut off. His mic just cut. Like while he was saying something, probably didn't want to talk about Century anymore. Did you hear? Because I don't know if you've read Century, but um, no, I haven't read a damn thing this week. I'm trying to get my sound effects to work, and things are just not working right now. What's going on with the Gremlins this week? Okay, I did hear that. Wait, was that you or was that from? That was not me. Dirt. Oh, dirt. I got you. Yeah. So fun times in the in the CBC corral here. Um, here we go. Oh shit. Although I do have good news. Just as an aside, the uh, the uh, won't you be uh, my documentary, documentary will definitely, will definitely be the allergies. allergies. Okay. Okay. I heard that doubles. Oh man. oh man! Yeah, this is, this is, gonna, this is gonna, be gonna be a great episode. Great episode. 
I can try. I can try to. Um. That's a good cut. I love that one. <laughs> uh, so moving right along. Um, so Andy McDonald, Dowell, McDonald, excuse me, not McDonald. That's the that's from another movie. Uh, is the artist on that? Slightly kind of reminiscent of uh, Takeshi Miyazawa, just a little bit. Okay, he, yeah, there you go. That just so um. Yeah, multiple minute number one. Go check it out. Like I said, if you're if you're a fan of um, uh, Matthew Lillard, it seems like it's going to go. Somewhere. Nope. Nope. Four. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear you? Kind of echoing. He can hear both of us. We just can't hear him. Oh goodness gracious, dirt. Like, what if I walked into tonight, right? <laughs> I leave you guys alone for one night. <laughs> we have, it's not like we have not had these had not no gremlins, especially the last couple of weeks. Yeah, totally. So this is once or twice a year it happens to us. It's like it's trying to keep us humble. Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, it, uh, Google Hangouts thinks that, you know, we shouldn't. You know, in this case, no, we definitely had our, our problems with Hangouts. This might be Vax problem. Mm. Uh, Shout out to shout out to Vax VAX. You know what Vax is? I don't know. I, I hey, I thought you were talking about VAX. Remember that Vax and Unix? Man, that's what I'm talking about just now. But no, I'm talking about VAC for his his problems. Uh, <laughs> Wait, you know, man. Oh God, Vax, <laughs> Vax assembly. Shout out to all, all my computer programmers out there. And there you go. Know that life. That was my first email. Really? Vax. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think it was mine too. Now that being on college, yeah, the VI and all that kind of good mess. Oh, geez. Shout out to VI and, mm. and Palm and all that kind of whatever. You hear that? We are back, ladies and gentlemen. We are not fully back. I know. So let's get back to that up, money. Come on, let's roll. Yeah, so let's get back to some comics here while, while Dirt's trying to uh, figure out, sort his mess out. And I guess I'll do another one while we're at it. So you haven't read like one blessed thing. Not a bloody thing. I could not finish a single book this week because it's just too busy. You gotta hate that. So, so I will say that we we really hadn't gotten that far. We talked about Marvel two and one number seven and Excellent. and uh, Century. Okay. And I was just talking. You about, actually reviewed Century. Uh, Dirt read it. I didn't. Did Dirt <laughs> like it? I'm gonna go with the oh thumbs up from PCN underscore Dirt for Century number one. He actually sold me on because I like I said to him I was going to read it begrudgingly read it, but right. not sound like this. Uh, the, the, oh. Oh. Space Muppets. Yeah, we are totally taking off into the uh, Wild Blue Yon, you know, into into space right there. Yeah, or that one, or that one um, Radio Shack RF modulator thing that they used to sell when we were kids. But anyway, we're, being, yeah, I wish I still had that. I think it was you know what? Um, oh, Lord. Much next. Uh, <laughs> Is that Derp playing? <laughs> no, the the President Bartlett was me. Oh, okay. Um, so let's let us let's keep this this train wreck of a train. <laughs> <laughs> and um, let's go with Black Panther number two. 
And I, without spoiling, because I think you were actually reading this. Yes, I am reading this. So I won't spoil too much. So except for the fact that I can't help but say the fact that there seems to be allusions to a trench run, a certain famous trench run that seems to play out similarly in this book. And also we meet, uh, we not necessarily meet, but um, we see a little bit more of the empire, the emperor of the said uh, galactic empire of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And it sounds, if, if you um, check them out a little bit, sounds Vader-ish. Okay. So the, the crux of the book is uh, they're doing this run that they thought they were going to have to abort, but T'Challa's, you know, T'Challa being T'Challa just kind of barrels through and, you know, in, in quite video game uh, type fashions, just wreck shop, which uh, draws the attention of the Emperor who, uh, you know, decides to get a little Vaderish rid of his own crew, let's just say. And, um... Yeah, that's 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 pretty much the crux of the book. Like, there's, there's a lot more action in it. Uh, Daniel Kuno's art is um, still—I don't want to say jarring because it's good art, but it seems weird in this. Actually, it kind of works in this capacity. But if you're not used to his art and something like this, it's you—you you might get a little put off with it. Got it. You know, I definitely, I definitely understand. It's not as tightly penciled as we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, if this was a book like, say, Black Science, which I don't know if you've ever read. I'm the familiar art, with it, though. Yeah, the, the, the art kind of favors that just slightly. And it works in that book. Sure. Um, and not saying that it doesn't work here, but it's like, like I said, the art from the last volume of Black Panther to this is, is, is just a little different. But then again, like I said, the setting is different, and they're going to a totally different route with this, with the exception of the, the Star Wars-like shadings mm. that in this book, in this issue. So... That is uh, Black Panther number two. It's, it was a pretty decent read, but it, it is definitely one that um, that might give you some give you some familiar shades of things going on. Gotcha. And actually, let me see. What else do I actually have that is... Oh, actually, you know what? I will do this one, and then I might do Rapid Fire, uh, unless Dirt ends up coming back and we can get his, his takes. Uh, let's see. And that would be Amazing Spider-Man Wakanda Forever number one. So this is the first part of a, of three one shots um, that are featuring the Dora Milaje. Uh, I don't know why they couldn't just give them their own book, but I understand it because, of course, you know you feature them in other people's books to kind of give them. It basically ends up being like a, a Marvel team up. But right, just, this is the first of a couple, I think. This is the first of three. Yes, um, it is being. This one is being written. Was being written by uh, Nadia Corfor, who wrote um, uh, Black Panther: Long Live the King, I believe or wrote a couple of issues of those. And she's also a novelist um, outside of that. So I believe this is actually, she has another book out for another company that, that, that escapes me at the moment, but regardless, so this is uh, her writing the Dormi Leger again. It's actually a pretty fun read in itself, because if you think about Spider-Man meeting the Dormi Leger, or at least at the very least of uh, the very least of it, a few that we know of from the movie, let's say, mm-hmm. um, it turns out to be a, a meeting that goes slightly different than you think it would in other, because you know, Spider-Man is, is one way and the, and the Dora a little more serious, serious. Ah, okay. I heard our internal messaging go off. What mm-hmm. I miss. Nah, I was just Doug saying what happened. Um, Whoa. but 
So this is a, a lighter meeting between, which I thought I could have sworn Spidey has met the Dora before, and I, apparently not, because you mentioned in the book, like, yeah, I've been wanting to meet you guys for a long time, and one of them gets kind of up in arms about it, but outside of that, like I said, this begins, so this is uh, their meeting, which, like I said, I thought this happened before, but the crux of the story is Nakia, who you may or may not, well, who you may, if you've been in the comics for a while, you know that uh, Nakia was was a Dora Milaget, who came infatuated with T'Challa to a great extent and um, went and left Dora and uh, started being a stalker kind of ish and took some tech with her. So she knows some things that knows some uh, things about the the secrets of the Dora Milaje. And uh, this story basically has the Dora chasing after her because she took this one thing with her, but they couldn't really, um, it's basically a Nimbus cloud that was kind of poisonous that has a whole bunch of well, has a whole bunch of other powers that she does, she's just now unlocking apparently, and the door can only track her when she uses that. So she goes to Bedsty, shout out to Bedsty, and starts to get um to. Oh, she's also going. I should I should have mentioned this also. So Nakia also, uh, changed her name to Malice, which in this story she's using. So this is not. I should point out the uh, Lupita Nyong'o version. And from the movie, unless they decide to go that route with uh, uh, in another Black Panther movie. However, like um, Ayo, Koyo, Koyo, and those folk do show up. So the ones you've seen from the movies do show up as Dora. But Nakia is the bad guy here, and she's in Best Eye, causing some havoc, which draws the attention of Spider-Man and not T'Challa, and also the Dora Milaje, like I said. And then they team up, but which doesn't go, which goes great at first until she gets away, and then they're on the hunt for her. Um... And end up going, which is this is the weird part about it, and maybe this is just me not knowing the history, but they end up on the Titanic to where AIM has a secret base, which because apparently AIM's been working with Nakia to try to figure out this cloud's, you know, business so they could replicate it. Um so because they find the Titanic, which means they run into another which is also funny, another villain who doesn't believe they're um under under the control of Nakia and the cloud because Nakia, one of Nakia's other powers is she had this dust or something that could control men famously. Uh, but apparently Hyderman shows up and he's like, yeah, I'm helping her out, but I'm not under control. She thought she thought her stuff controlled me. And like, I was supposed to come here, but I don't know why, which means that he actually was controlled. So he, he gets into a fight with um, Spidey and the Dora underneath underneath uh, New York Harbor or wherever the Titanic is, because uh, they said it's not too far from New York Shores. Um, and like I said, even the whole read is pretty, it's a pretty quick, relatively quick read, and it's a pretty fun one. The only thing that kind of got me is that there was some, like specifically with a couple of times that um, one of the door would speak, there would be some language that didn't seem to fit them. Um, and then there was... So, like the voice that the writer gave him? Or at the very least, a line or two that that seemed right. like something you wouldn't say. But at the same time, now that I think about it, uh, Tanahisi Coates kind of threw in some, you know, some some slang that would would probably suggest that also. But eh, that's why I kind of let it go because it was like, you know what? Sure, like it's not like they don't know of the outside world and haven't heard of. They want a Starbucks in Wakanda, you know. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think there might have been a mention there. <laughs> there might have been a mention to that in here. I can't remember. Um, 
So, but yeah, like I said, this this was, this was a fairly fun read. I, I I want to spoil a little bit of the end, just a little bit, a little bit though. But you should Can still ring the bell. Sure. Here it goes. So, in setting up for the next part of um, of the, because after their after their battle battle with Hydra Man, they're like, well, we got to go and find out find Nikki and his other thing, which sets up them going to the next book, which is going to be X, Storm and X Men. And the you know uh, with the Dora, so Spidey gets this idea of saying, "It's like, well, while you're waiting, go do some touristy stuff." So they, you see, like the the Dora out in front of the Statue of Liberty, while other people are taking pictures of them and the statue, and they're one of them with a map. It's 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 too cute. And then they go to this restaurant, and I don't know if it's in Harlem or somewhere. I'm not sure where it is. And they start. They were talking, and then that's when they set up. You know, they get a ping that sets up the next um, mm-hmm. going into the next uh, one shot. Okay, so and I'm not sure if um, if Nadia Korafor is writing all three of them, or she just wrote this one. I'm assuming she just wrote this one, but I don't know that for certain. And I don't think the the back page shows who's going to be the next um, artist or not, or artist or uh, the creative team. And I never did because I remember reading about that this was going to be a thing a few months ago, but um, don't remember the creative teams for all of them. Either way. You should go check it out because it is a cool read. One, what it does, like I said, it, it went surprisingly better than I thought a meeting like that would have gone. You know, especially where Spider Man, Spider Man's involved with with this group. Uh, let's see. I think I may just go ahead and do rapid fire here because there's really not much else to say about the rest of the stuff that I have. So therefore, um, you want to spin up the Vulcan. Spin it up. Here it comes. There it is. <laughs> had to add that one because I had actually had that one in there. But anyway, uh, Team Titan special number one. So we had uh, a couple of weeks ago, I believe it was Titan special number one, and this basically that basically set up Nightwing's new group of Titans, some of which were old T Titans. And they alluded to the fact that, well, the 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 other Teen Titans with Damien went rogue, which I don't remember them actually going into. It could have been something coming out of so coming out of No Justice, just like this special was. So both of these specials come out of the No Justice series, which I don't think I've ever read. Fairly certain I haven't. Uh, have you? What's that? No Justice. No. Yeah. So, but basically, so this special and the 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 Titan special came out of that. So this is basically now saying that okay. Nightwing's got a group of Titans that he's that's just working with the Justice League. And now we see the other Titans, which was basically uh Damien, uh the Amico Queen, Red Arrow, and Kid Flash Wally West. Uh we see basically three short stories with what they get into. And then at the end there's an epilogue where Damien's like, um, hey, let's get a I need to get a group together. Because like I said, it's actually a pretty decent, uh pretty decent read, especially Damien's was kind of interesting because of the fact that, like, okay, this seems to be the Damien that he's been wanting to be for a little bit because he's because basically all of them are kind of like just disenfranchised at this point, and so they're and they're dealing with different things that makes them even more, you know, disappointed and disenfranchised with the people that they've dealt with. So, especially like uh, Kid Flash, who, who makes who's uh, the OG Wally West makes an appearance in this. You know, and they have beef with all them people. And then, like I said, at the end of it, you see an epilogue with Damien, basically 
uh, setting up, trying to get the group together, which I think is going to play out in Teen Titans 20 whenever that comes out next. But at least we get to see, you know, what happened with this group of uh, with this group of uh, Teen Titans. Um, and I, um, these are the only ones that I think they that they they talk about because, like uh, Aqualad and uh, well, Ravens with uh, Nightwing, but um, can't remember who else was on the team. Oh yeah, Beast Boy. Beast Boy's with the uh, with the with the other Titans team. So that's that. So go check that out if you if you're curious about it. Like I said, supposedly this stuff came out of No Justice, and if you hadn't read it, that might kind of throw you a second. But they don't necessarily allude to it too much. They so just know that you just know that. At a certain point in the comics, something happened. Gotcha. Uh, let's see what else I got next. Oh, Star Wars Lando Double or Nothing number two. So after the events of last issue, um, where Lando gets this gets this job for some credits to uh, reluctantly take some weapons to this one planet to, so that this lady can free her father and her people, and Lando's being Lando about it, of course, which. I guess my one gripe about this book, I need to actually see who, who wrote this because that was the one thing I meant to check out. But my one gripe about this book was like, it feels like they're writing Lando kind of one note. Like, you know, he's basically the the kind of the egotistical, you know, pompous, well, not so pompous, but, you know, the the, the uh, delusions of grandeur, you know, okay, uh, Lando that we know is a part of him. But I was like, come on, there's got to be more to him than just, just, than, than just that. But isn't this like a prequel type story? Yes, this is basically during the time. It might be before Solo. Okay. But this is definitely around that time because it's it's him, L3, and um, yeah, I think it's before Solo, actually. Excuse me. So this is him, L3, and this other lady who is, who is not associated with Solo or anybody that he's, he's doing. Personally, if you want, um, I'm going to say this now. I'm going to finish reading. I'm going to get the rest of this so I can finish reading because maybe it'll, it'll turn around at some point. Because it looks like there's be some shades of turnaround in his character, maybe something leading up to Solo. But, but if you really want a good Lando miniseries, go check out the one from like two or three years ago, and it's just called Lando. Mm-hmm. That one was good. And uh, was that Charles Soule? I can't remember who wrote that one. I or, think Soul. Oh, was that during the time when Soul was writing like all the Star Wars stuff? I mean, he's kind of doing no. Well, I think he had just started. I think that might have been his first uh, miniseries. Right. Well, yeah. Aaron was writing the uh, the main Star Wars. Right. Gotcha. Right, and then I can't remember who's writing Star uh, Vader, but it wasn't Soul because Soul's writing this Star Darth Vader, not the last one. I think it was Gif. Uh, Keep Killing was writing Vader, and Soul took over when they changed the the, uh, the time frame, and they restarted Soul uh, Darth Vader. So regardless, that was that. It's 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 amusing because it's like you know if you've watched Solo. You can see the shades of the Lando that was in there, but even then, that was like okay, like you're kind of writing them a little one note to a point, and that, which they seem to take that and just kind of pile it on. Um, <clears throat> but like I said, there there may be something in here that's going to redeem him or whatever the gift may be. But he gets he basically gets his plan and gets in some trouble as Lando or is wont to do. Testing. And, oh, there. Hey, you can hear me. Yes. Yes. We can totally get your phone. Got your overlay and all that good stuff. Oh my goodness. Ha! 
So before before anything else happens, I'm going to do my one last book, and Doug, you can go ahead and rattle off all of yours. Doug, okay. Left of yours. So my last book is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Anniversary Special Number One. And the only thing you really have to say about this is if if the name doesn't say anything for you, it's basically a bunch of short stories set in various histories uh, during various iterations of the Power Rangers. And it's like four or five short stories that just, you know, from there. I just skimmed through it because I kind of figured that's what it was. Uh, but the first story I did actually kind of read, and it was it was neat. It had something to do with uh, readers trying to get control of Tommy Three Puppy, because who doesn't like puppies? And Aren't they reprints? I don't think so. There is there is the um, the Power Rangers Volume 1 reprints that are out also out this week. Oh, this is something different than that. Something different, yes. Ah. They're all new stories by by um by by different creators. But I know what you're talking about, and that is also out this week. Okay. Yeah. Which I wanted to check that out, but I don't think we, we got any copies of it. So <clears throat> Uh, but that being said, like I said, that's that if you're a Power Rangers fan, and that has nothing to do with the current storyline with the Shattered Grid, and at least nothing that I've seen. It's just like, like I said, different stories from different uh, parts of the Power Rangers universe. So it's kind of fun. And that is that for me. So what do you have, Doug? Okay. All right. Assuming my sound doesn't go out, let's try to get through <laughs> some of these. Um, all right. First of all, j- to go back real quick to, to Century, uh, oh, yeah. 1970. I, I know. Um, you, you're going to disbelieve me on this, but this is Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire has been known in the comic book universe to take some turds and polish them into diamonds, and uh, he's turned Sentry into a sympathetic character wow. that you can actually get behind. So it was it was a lot of fun. I I may have oversold it by playing this sound clip. That was wonderful. Bravo! I loved it. That. that was great. <laughs> Maybe not quite that much, but it was still really good. It was still good enough that I plan on on reading the whole. It's only a mini series. It's mm-hmm. only five or right. six issues, so uh, I'll give it. I'll give it a shot with that. Um, we did have flat... <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> we did have Flash Forty Nine, which okay. is part of the Flash War, um, going on. So basically, uh, Wally West, the kid Flash that had been forgotten about. In the old universe, uh, when the new Fifty Two was made, he he came back uh, a little while later, and uh, now he's trying to find his family, uh, his kids, and his old life from the old universe. And uh, uh, Zoom has convinced him that he can break the Speed Force in order to snap him out of it. And of course, Barry thinks that you know it's all set up, and he's lying. And so, the two of them are at odds. And this issue basically, you have two flashes speeding almost as fast as they can, going around the Earth. So it's causing some havoc. So this is basically uh, more more told from the point of view of like Superman and the Justice League and Amanda Waller and everybody else going, we've got to stop them. This is crazy. This is going to destroy everything. And there are times when like Superman's trying to catch up to him and he's going as fast as he can. And you see the word balloons of the two of them talking and it's just this string of letters, this nonstop broken string of letters. But then when it cuts to their point of view and you see Flash and Kid Flash, they're talking, having a regular conversation. You know, so it's that whole idea that they're, you know, they're speeding along so fast, not even Superman can catch up to them because Kid Kid Flash is trying to break um, the speed force to try to get the rest of his family out of there. Um, So it is really good. And it's one of those where at first when I was reading it, it felt like a lot of at first I kind of thought maybe this is just filler, you know, um, because it's showing everybody else reacting to it. But it actually plays pretty well as it goes along and they do some neat things with it. And then when it gets to the end, when they stop. 
uh, and and everything breaks, um, things happen a little differently than than what they're expecting. So that's yeah. it was actually pretty good. That flash forward thing seemed kind of compelling, but I haven't really had a chance to. Do you need to actually know about what's going on surrounding it to into it, or it, it wouldn't hurt to have Wikipedia right next to you as you're going through it because there are a lot of references to stuff from the old uh, universe before uh, Flashpoint and everything, even like. Stuff from the 90s gets referenced, so you might, you know, like I said, have to search through Wikipedia a little bit. Um, Man of Steel 5, um, I mean, really, it's its biggest fault is that there's not really much to it in this issue. Um, th- there's no massive change. There's no great, you know, we don't get any new insights. We don't really get, it's just kind of like the battle is still unfolding. The stuff with Jor-El is still kind of happening in the background that we're seeing in flashbacks. Um, it's just kind of more the same as it's building up. Now it's, it's a six issue series. So this is issue five. So the next issue is the end. So, you know, maybe this is just kind of a chance to catch our breath and get everybody in position for the final showdown. Gotcha. Um, but I mean, like the, the biggest problem with this book is that it's kind of skippable overall. Thanks. Um, <sighs> Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Harley Quinn and Joker. Um, so if you've ever thought that maybe Harley Quinn and Joker were on some sort of equal footing, um, that maybe she was like the yin to his yang and they were they balanced each other out or they, they complemented each other well, um, this issue really goes out of its way to remind you that she is like a 4.5 out of 10 and he's a 9. Yeah. Um, she is just nowhere near him in intellect, um, in, in, in planning. She's tried to plan out this whole thing to stop Joker from getting involved. And, and the problem, the biggest problem with this issue, and I don't have a problem with knocking Harley Quinn down a peg or two because I'm not really a fan of the character, but the biggest problem is this ends as a lead-up to Batman 48, which that's is from two issues ago. Two issues ago, right? Yeah. 49 just came out last week. Yeah. 50 comes out next week. So this this has all been building up to the story that you've already read. Wow. So that was a little disappointing. Maybe behind or? Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, we can't hear you again. Oh, PCN underscore Dirt's audio has dropped out. Oh. Hey, boo! Hey, boo! Hey! Yeah, be quiet. No. I got I, I sympathize because PCN underscore Dirt is trying his hand at a brand new setup, and we got to work out the kinks. And, you know, just so that everyone's on notice, I'll be trying a new setup with a uh, new audio, a uh, new uh, uh, sound cart uh, program probably within the next month. And, and I'm trying to set that up now. So let's hope that I don't run into too many hiccups with the sound either. Uh, myself, actually. Okay, wait. Um, terrific's number five, I believe, right? Okay. Yeah. Five. Okay. Thumbs up. Thumbs from, up from the I actually want to. I actually want to... Um... Because I'm hearing decent things about Terrific, so I kind of want to check that out a little more. I did read the first episode, uh, the first issue, and it seemed kind of interesting. All right, so he's pointing at the credits. It is uh, oh, and Lemire is there. That's a he's co-writing. Ah, that's right. That's a good reason to read it. Okay, so Jeff Lemire is co-writing the Terrifics, and that is. I think that was the other reason I wanted to check it out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got another one. Exo Man. <laughs> 
It's on Comic Book Chronicles. It's your 16. Move it over a little bit more. Ah, so so. So so. PCN underscore dirt. Give us it a so so. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Was that 15 or 16? I'm sorry. What, uh, was that 16? Exo Man of War number 16, issue 16. Your auto zoom is taking a while to kick in. That's good. We got it. This is riveting for the people who are not who are <laughs> Which is why I'm trying to give the uh the, the, the audio play by play. Yeah. Oh, this is hysterical. Rifling through because he did say he had a few things he, he one more rifle. thing. Yeah. Oh. Back up. Okay. Okay. Sentry. Um oh sentry is a click of the week. Oh, that's what click of the week. Ah, okay. Cool. <laughs> You know what? We've been doing this so long. We could actually do that. Who's <laughs> <laughs> saying that in the background? I think I'm looking at him. Oh, okay. That's funny. Uh, I should have <laughs> gave, gave his uh, thing the priority because we could have gotten a gif off of that. Um, there you go. In the book. And I think he's he's basically saying yeah, he's signing off. Centuries <laughs> is click of the week. There <laughs> we go. Out with it right now, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, something you never thought you'd see or hear on the combo chronicles oh, no. ladies and gentlemen please tune into theclicknation.com forward slash live or tune into our youtube channel to take a look at what pcn underscore dirt was doing to this poor copy of century number one good thing by, by the plastic <laughs> okay well so dirt's gonna bow out for the night folks um so we will and hopefully the sound issues will be taken care of. Yes, let's pray. Yeah, really. So we'll check out later, uh, Dirt. Take it easy. Have a good night. All right. Well, yeah, that, I picked a great show to like kind of come in late on. I'm actually glad you did. But um, <laughs> yeah. all right. So let me do an ad, and then we're gonna jump into the news. All right. Oh, we gotta do clicks of the week. You guys, you gotta give your click of the week because I didn't read anything. Oh, so we already got Dirt's, which was uh, Century Number One. Uh, Tim. Sent his along, which was the Flash Forty Nine. Uh, that's a damn good question, actually, because after all, through all the excitement, um, hmm. Actually, I would go for Amazing Spider-Man: Wakanda Forever number one. Nice. That was pretty fun. Um, so actually, let me ask you this real quick, then, and I'm trying to lower my voice because I don't know why I do that. Uh, it runs in the family, and I hate it. Um. What are you looking forward to reading when you do get to reading? Thor. Did that come out this way? Yeah, Thor number two. I'm um, looking forward to uh, Miss Marvel number 31. Because it's I was a gonna, issue. Yeah, I was going to read that right before this, and then yeah, things were things. So I really want to read that too. And uh, I did not get to read Marvel 2 and 1. I want to read that. And uh the, i mean those were like at the top of my list i just did not have the time between yesterday and today to read these books it was a shame right well good thing you did not um good thing you did you were not here for the for, from the beginning of the show because we basically gave you the gist of um marvel two and one number seven we actually spent a good while, good minute on that one cool so, um that was that so that being said let's get to an ad read nice so our first ad of the night is for wink Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Torrente, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. 
And now the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink Wines through cspn.us. Do it today. Actually, let me give a shout out to our, our one of our sister podcasts, uh, Bad and Boozy. Um, and actually, luckily, our our podcast is kind of kind of versatile with with the sponsorships because we can kind of we do it all. Well, we well most of it. Well, actually, yeah, technically, we could with the, with the sponsors that we know we have. But that's a whole other situation that we will get into. But yeah, go check out Bad and Boozy. They're they're awesome. Um, that being the case, we are going to get into the cinematic news. Here come into the news. <laughs> Not have that sound effect on this on this thing before. Which we no one need to see that. Um, actually, I'm gonna do this real quick. Yeah, we're gonna tag team this. Like we like we sometimes do about this time because my voice yep. is halfway going. And why are you not going? Uh, Who's not going? Not you. Um, okay, I gotta pull up the sheet. Well, it's the sheet that's the problem. Oh, really? Well, for me, oh, yeah, I was on the script so. I have to open up a new tab. No, it's it's uh, the screen share is doing a thing, so I'm just going to do this and start off by saying, um, like we do all this time. Well, we do have some more solicits that came out uh, for September, but it's nothing real pressing, so I don't think we'll have much news off of that. But regardless, cinematic news: Spider-Man Silk movie spinoff in the works by Sony. Okay. Given some news that are, that will come along later, that's way better than the news that I know that is coming up. Oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. one living vampire. Yes, we'll, but we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, we will get to that. So uh, my sheet just loaded up. Talking uh, up to way too many things running on my computer, ladies and gentlemen. My uh, MacBook Pro is ten years old. Yes, yeah, so I will say uh, they don't eight years old. It's um, I guess it's a rumor at this point, and we don't have anyone attached to it. But and I think this article just mentions the stuff that is already out there. Okay. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. That's one I would kind of want to see because you know a good version of Cindy Moon is cool. We, you know, I mean, I honestly would hope that it would be more tied into the MU and they could find a way to use the same actress that was Cindy Moon or supposed to be Cindy Moon. That's in home. That's what I would hope, but you know, being that a lot of these are kind of offshoots of they're not they're not they're not tied like you said. That's, yeah. that's a bummer. That's a real real bummer. All right. All right. So, next up. Tom Holland accidentally, quote unquote, <laughs> confirmed Spider-Man Homecoming 2's title. Oh, you gotta love this kid. Um, and you gotta kind of wonder. It's like, okay, it seemed like to me because they have actively not giving him giving him stuff for for um, Infinity Wars because they think they know he'd spoil it. So the fact that they actually gave him something kind of makes me wonder that they wanted this to quarter. Yeah, I think they wanted it just to, to drop. Yes, I think they wanted to also kind of comfort people who think that there's no other movies coming because everybody went into you know no, but but they, but this had already been it had been. No, a I know. I'm talking about the people who don't know that or don't understand. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, yeah so the Tom Holland took to Instagram and put a video out um, where he held up his iPad, which um, quote unquote accidentally shows. I actually never, I never watched the video, but basically showing the title of the next uh, Spider-Man movie, which it looks like to be Far From Home. So you can take that um, in, a, in a way or two. 
And I'm sure there has been a lot of speculation pieces, pieces as to what Suss is going to set up coming. You think apart from home. Technically, he was already far from home in um in Infinity War. Right. So, or this could be Spider Spider Verse thing. We don't know. We will find out. And and of course, thank you. What's next? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is not confirmed as Mysterio and Spider-Man Far From Home. And we'll get some more on this later. Uh, yes, we will, I think, actually, because I don't think I have anything. Else. Actually, there's, these last two articles are spoiling the thing that we were talking about later, but that's fine. So, yeah, so there was a rumor that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was going to be Mysterio as in, um, in, in the next Spider-Man movie. And it might like, still happen. We'll see. It, yeah, exactly. It could very still happen, but we don't know. And apparently... Uh, a lot of the stuff is coming out of the fact that uh, Ant-Man and Wasp is, is coming out next week. So that's why we're getting these bits of news. Speaking right. of... Next up, uh, Kevin Feige co- uh, spoke about what connects the Avengers Infinity War survivors. So a story we, we are dealing with uh, spoilers for Infinity War. So, you know, I got to say that even though most people have seen it already. We are spoiling some aspect of Infinity War. And Feige came out and said that there's a connection... Um, you know, you got to just kind of do the math and realize it's the original Avengers that are left. Which we said when we talked about it. So it's right. not like anybody who's watched the movie and paid any minute of attention would know that, yeah, it was, it was just the original. Well, the original Avengers minus, I mean, plus Rhodey. Right. But, but still, it's just, it's just the original, which I had a problem with um, coming out of Infinity War. Not saying it's not a good movie, but that was the thing. So, yeah, that's, I guess, I just wanted to confirm that for some odd reason. As if anybody was who was anybody who wasn't paying attention to that. Next up, you got it. Who weren't? Who weren't? Uh, Marvel's Eternals film could completely change MCU history. So yeah, they're trying to get an Eternals movie off the ground, and they darn sure have been kind of making references to them in in a couple of books. Mm-hmm. It's weird because why? You know, you would think that, and it's this is why it's a shame. Honestly, this is why it's a shame that they rushed Inhumans because they could have done Inhumans after Captain Marvel. Because they set up the Kree so much more. Heck, they could have done Eternals first and then done Eternals and probably would have made it a little bit better. Humans. No, I'm saying they could have done Eternals first and then come back and do Eternals to kind of give a little bit more heft. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I'm just talking about just, you know, just in, you know, dealing with the Inhumans. Like, you know, they, they waited long enough to set up Marvel Cosmic, you know? Well, and the problem also was, was they were trying to get, because they at the time they didn't have mutants, so they wanted stand-ins for mutants in the... Yeah, but that didn't exactly help them, you know what I mean? No, it did not. Alrighty. Uh, Our next story is uh, Marvel Studios still wants to actually make a Power Pack movie, because they wanted something for the children. Marvel's for the kids. Actually, they they did say something about it, so this is Feige again talking uh, at the same press junket where a couple of these stories kind of for Ant-Man and Wasp can come out. So yeah, he's... um, Basically, it still said in this article, and uh, I guess the next one too, that you know they're still interested in making a power pack movie because of because of the kids, because you know they were looking into doing something more family friendly. You know, as it says here, in uh, quote unquote, power pack is a property that we've been interested in for a long time. Like you said, for many years, because we want to do something for families, something that's a little younger. Uh, Ant Man has kind of become that franchise. Wow, certainly with Ant Man and the Wasp, but power pack is still one of the many things that. Uh, that we discuss wouldn't it be fun to do someday so they're just putting that out there mm-hmm. um i don't know power pack that's that's a group <laughs> um and also i'm just going to take this in here also, 
Yeah. Uh, Marvel Studios planting the seeds that could lead to Young Adventures. Adventures. This is also coming out the fact that um, Cassie, the uh, Scott Lang's daughter in Ant-Man and Wasp, has they, they've casted someone to be an older version of her. And that could be the one of the seeds that uh, brings forth the Young Avengers, of which Cassie was a part of as a statue. All right. Uh, so Ammon Watts comes out next week, by the way, in case you didn't recognize that. Um, I was about to say, I don't know if we're going to be on movie protocols because I know PCN underscore Dirt doesn't like to watch things opening night and you get to the theater right. relatively early in the day. So um, right. I, I him before we started that I'm thinking about actually going to see it. Yeah, I'm. Pro- I I already have tickets for opening night, so I won't be able to get back in time. Sure. So we, but you know, stay tuned to our twitters, and we will definitely let you know what happens. Exactly. Next up. So our next story is uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Lawrence Fishburne teases Goliath and Hank Pym's Rocky Pass. So this is uh, part of what's in the trailers, and uh, he's also describing uh, Bill Foster, the ca- the character that he plays. Let's hope that he actually doesn't get Bill Fostered in the course of this film. Goodness. Because that would be terrible, and I would riot. Anyway, so yeah, the, apparently they have history, and uh, they there is some allusion to, I think Fishman said there might be some allusion to, or at least this article was saying there was some allusion to him possibly have become Goliath at some point. But Okay. We'll never say that. But it also says in this article that um, Bill Foster has a fatherly connection Father, the relationship to the villain ghost played by one uh, Hannah, uh, Hannah John Kamen. Ooh. That doesn't, it, and it may, according to this article, may or may not um, be similar to the one of uh, Hope and Hank Pym um, in the movie. So we don't know if it's going to be actual daughter or just some sort of father relationship. Regardless, Hannah John came in is awesome and beautiful. If you haven't watched those Joe Joys, you should. Okay. Uh, next up. Speaking of uh, Hannah John came in, uh, Thunderbolt's movie is something Ant-Man and the Wasp villain uh, would like to see. That villain being the ghost played by Hannah John Kamen. And I've said that a lot because I love her. Awesome and she's gorgeous. Um, yes, I said it. But she basically said that she would be ready to participate in a Thunderbolts film, which that would be kind of interesting in in you know, in the, the grand streams of the MCU. So if you didn't know, the Thunderbolts are the team of villains who are, it's basically like the the the, the, the Marvel's uh, Suicide Squad. Kinda. Kinda. There's a definite change, there's a definite wrinkle in the comparison, but uh, sure. we'll save that for another night. Um, yeah. If you up. basics, then that's, yeah. Next up, uh, director Peyton Reed says John Hodgman is campaigning to play MODOK in the MCU. So only designated. What is it? How does what does Modoc stand for again? Um, something something dedicated only to, for killing. For killing. That's right. Yeah, something. Like but so it's worth noticing that this is not new because John Hodgman has been. In fact, I remember I when looking this up, there was an article from three years ago, which I think we probably actually reported on, saying that he was um, lobbying to to uh, to play Modoc like three years ago. Mm-hmm. So Peyton Reed basically was just, and I think Peyton Reed may have said that in in talking now because uh yeah he says uh not only have you mentioned uh, yeah not only have you mentioned modok but i will i will occasionally get texts from john hodgman he has been long wanted to play modok it's his mission in life he's a huge marvel comics fan john has been sort of lobbying for years modok modok uh, we've always talked about modok because he's maybe the most bizarro character in the, the marvel universe i would dispute that but yes he is definitely kind of out there 
though we'll never know if we're going to ever see Modoc on the big screen or not, but we know who definitely wants to play him. Um, next up, Fox accepts. I'm going to tie these next two together. Uh, Fox accepts Disney's new bid and major blow to Comcast. And guess what, folks? Uh, the U.S. government approves Disney Fox sale on one condition. And that condition being, having nothing to do with Marvel, actually, right. it has to do with the fact that Fox has a sports division and Disney already owns uh, ESPN. So that so Fox would have to, I guess they would have to break off Fox Sports or sell it off. Exactly. So this is not on. Oh, now you're breaking up. And you just news totally connected because of the nature of um, sports programming in its current state. So um, this is not a not a huge hurdle in that you know a lot of people anticipated this particular aspect of um, of, of government approval, you know, of antitrust approval. So um, let's hope that uh, you know. I know that some people think this is the lesser of two evils, and I'm inclined to agree. But let's hope that uh, this goes through and we can get our MCU uh, closer to being uh, you know. A nice big uh, happy family, and maybe kill all that other Fox toxic stuff because Fox Sports being the lesser less toxic thing that Fox even deals with at this point. Um, but that's a big all answer. That being said, it's a thing; it's going to happen. We'll continue looking into that. Obi uh, Obi Wan, you uh, and McGregor rumored. Let's just call him Obi Wan. All right, he he's is train spotting. He's been in a hundred movies. We know him as Obi Wan. Yes, there is that. Uh, Ewan McGregor rumored to return as Obi-Wan in Star Wars Episode uh, 9. I would assume Force Ghost because he's long dead. So, Or Obi-Wan has been long dead, so I can only imagine that's that would be the reason why that would be the case. Which kind of... I mean, well, they couldn't get the original. They couldn't get uh, Sarlacc Guinness. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Uh, if that's the case, that is my speculation. We don't know. You know, in this article, as far as I know, doesn't say... Doesn't, uh, say but it, excuse me, it says, according to the Sun, McGregor was secretly filmed for the next uh, Star Wars movie. Not so secret if you got it in an article that people can read. Just saying. If that is assuming true, but it's, at this point, it's still rumor. Um, but if he does, that makes sense if he comes back as a Force Ghost, because that's, I can't, or unless they do a flashback, which that's something that I don't think they ever have done in a um, main Star Wars movie. In fact, I don't think they've done them in any of them. They either set in a certain time period or just whatever. So we'll see if that if that comes true. Okay. Um, a handy guide to all of the Star Wars projects that are potentially in the works right now. So uh, our funny folks at IO9 has a nice little guide to everything that's coming out soon, That including Episode 9, uh, Ryan Johnson's, Ryan Johnson's uh, trilogy coming up. I believe that's a uh, Boba Fett movie. Uh, and a couple other things, maybe uh, HBO limited series, yada yada yada. There's stuff Star Wars coming out. Oh. Yeah, but you know, uh, there's always a question as to when stuff is actually going to be followed through on. So we'll see. Uh, I believe there's also yeah, there it is. Star Wars Resistance, which is the Dave Filani of of the Clone Wars um, and Star Wars Rebels fame, has a new animated series that that we I can fairly say that was probably going to happen. Okay. Because it's Dave Filoni and he hasn't done wrong by that, that he and the crew hasn't done wrong by the animated stuff on that side at all. If you haven't seen Clone Wars and, and Rebels, you should if you're a Star Wars fan. All right. Next up, now, uh, Kelsey Grammer, you know, tossed salad and scrambled eggs, is in talks for Doom Patrol's The Chief. 
There we go. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't get it because you know it's Frazier. That was the wrong one. Yeah. The funny. So, so here's the funny part about it. As this article says, Kelsey Grammer then talks to portray the Doctor Niles, the Chief Calder, the live action Doom Patrol television series on the uh, on the DC Universe streaming service. Now, obviously, if you are a fan of uh, Frazier, you will know that his uh, brother, played by uh, David Hyde Pierce, I believe is his name, was named Niles on the show. Right. It's personally funny because I love Frazier. All irony. Yep. So yeah, so that's a rumor. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, sure. Get that money, Kelsey. I guess I don't know. I, I don't. I don't even know why I would even say that right now. Because people are going to do that regardless. All right. Um, one thing, James Wan, Buffy Vet. That's just a poorly worded sentence. Uh, James Wan, Buffy Vet, re- reportedly helming DC Universe pilot. So Swamp Thing is coming out on the DC Universe uh, streaming service. Is that actually the name of it? Because I don't remember what the heck yeah. that what is. That's a mouthful. Regardless, James Wan is going to be doing the pilot along with, so he's going to be executive producer and something like he'll co-direct alongside of Darren Serafian. Apologize to you for that. What's your names? So if you know that name, he has done a bunch of television projects, including Buffy the Vampire Slayer. All right. Also House in Hemlock Grove, none of which outside of Buffy I've ever watched. All right. So, uh, Fall in North Carolina and yada 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 for that show's coming. Okay. So uh Warner Brothers TV's Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Black Lightning, Krypton, Legends of Tomorrow, Riverdale, um San Diego Comic Con panel details have been released. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a bunch of panels, or I guess this is one big panel. It sounds like no, it's a bunch of panels. That's oh, a bunch of panels. Okay. Yeah, panels that are going to be um at San Diego Comic Con coming next month. Very soon. Yes. All right. You guys for that Black Lightning one, and actually, there's a couple of them I probably would want to go to. That'd be interesting. Oh, I still haven't seen the Ray yet. Anyway, um, speaking of Black Lightning, Black Lightning season two will introduce an outsider's character. So I guess there's going to be a villain that's going to, well, it's going to be a character, not necessarily villain. They just said a character from Black Man and the Outsiders. Um, uh, the sociopathic scientist named Doctor Jace sounds like a Dragon Ball character. Um, appears to be Dr. Helga Jace. I don't know that much about Batman and the Outsiders. Maybe you can enlighten me if you know about it. Regardless, it kind of doesn't matter, but it's apparently someone who was in the Batman and the Outsiders book from back in the day. Yeah, like I said, I wasn't really reading that book or much DC at that time. Unless Dr. Jace is related to, you know, some of the characters who had powers that weren't, uh, you know, uh, that, that maybe were granted via technology, but, you know, that's I'm reaching there right now. So, so it says, according to this article, she... First appeared as an ally to the Outsiders, but then later revealed to be a villain working for the Manhunters. Okay. So what role she'll have in, in Black Lightning, we will see when that happens. All, All right. right. Next up, Mandy Richardson Sellers confirms her return to Legends of Tomorrow, Season 4. So this is the actress who was playing Vixen. That's correct. And uh, she says that uh, fans will find out more in the show's San Diego Comic-Con panel as to what's going to happen to the character. And things will be weirder and more wonderful than ever. That show's already weird, so that's good. Like, I, I, I have enjoyed... I've not caught up with it, but I've enjoyed Legends because it's just weird. Fun. Um, but that's cool. Glad that she's, she's still be on there. So they have gotten rid of the, the Vixen... The Vixen um, actresses. In one, or I should say not get rid of it because actually the first one had other priorities and couldn't come back. So, anyway, uh, Jeremy Irons to star in Damon Lindelof's Watchmen TV series. 
Now, going from Alfred to another British gentleman. Well, which uh, character, though? That's the thing. We don't know which character. Uh, it does, I think it does say he. Deadline says the claimed actor will likely be playing an aging and imperious lord of the British manor. Of a British man- manor. Uh, I, don't, I don't know much about my How is that related to Watchmen? So, yeah, that's. Well, uh, yeah, according to this, uh, if you're scratching your head to figure out which character from the comic this might be, don't bother. With each new piece of informative I grow more and more convinced. Oh, sounds like, well, according to this article, or this writer's article, it might be an original co- or character. So, we don't know. Uh, you're muted. You know what I have to say to that? That. Here it is. Oh, goody. Yeah, because it also says here in this article, Lindelof uh, said in the past he has no desire to adapt the 12-issue series. I guess he's kind of, as they tend to want to do, kind of go their own way with it. Yeah, just in case you guys didn't hear out in podcast land or in uh, or, or in YouTube land, that was uh, Jeremy Irons playing Scar from The Lion King. Oh, goody. One of my favorite lines from the movie. It's funny that you had that, that queued up or got to it that fast. I should say. That's pretty good. Uh, next up, Wait, is this you or me? Um, this is me, Rebel Wilson. God, to start and produce comic book adaptation of Crowded. She's like the least funny part of any of the Pitch Perfect movies. I haven't even gotten to the most recent one because what? I just can't you know, take you even watch the Pitch Perfect movies. I blame William Bruce West. Shout out to William Bruce West for uh, saying that the first one was good and I actually sat down and watched it on cable. I think I've seen a piece of it, but I've never sat and watched a whole one. So I don't know. I kind of like her i don't know this is it's not funny the bits i've seen of her i don't know in bigger doses who knows i don't get into all of that because you know people have different uh, tastes <laughs> so but yeah so she's on the comic book adaptation train um this is chris Bellop's book um it's set in the near future where the world's economy is a, is all job sharing and apps and where crowdfunding platform that funds assassinations and reaper is all the rage so the story set in motion when a woman named Charlie leading a quiet life finds her world upside down when she suddenly becomes a target on Reaper and things happen after that. Okay. Sure. Get that money, Sabella. Um, rumor, Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, close to signing deal to return to Star Trek. Uh, so in the wake of the other announcements that we got from last week about the, the Star Trek stuff that is happening, guess what? Star Trek is not ending anytime soon. Uh, he, uh, according to Hollywood Reporter, Sir Patrick uh, may be returning to play John Luke Picard. Um, wait, this is possible TNG era project could be one of the potential limited series that Variety reported last week. So they're saying, but they're also saying that uh, Sir Pat may have been interested in getting on board that that uh, Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie that he's been trying to trying to get off the ground, or at least he sparked some interest in it anyway, which I don't know how I still don't know how I feel about a t- Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie. I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know. I've been crazy about Tarantino stuff in a minute, but hey, it could be good. So, you know, we'll see if that even comes to ground. Next up, sir. Muted. Make it so. Make it so. Make it so. Make it so. That's what I was trying to get to. I got you. Nice. Pretty good. Make it so. <laughs> I gotta make that. That's gonna. That's going on my list of uh, uh, new sound effects. Sure, make it so. All right. 
right. Next up, Jared Leto. This is what we were teasing earlier. Jared Leto is set to star as a, a Spider-Man villain, Morbius, the living vampire in the Sony solo movie. And I love Roddy Katz's note on this. Did they not see Suicide Squad? <laughs> I'll leave it at that. That's perfect. Yeah, I'll add something to it. Hey, boo! It works for me. Yeah. So, yeah. And now, now, I say this as having just watched uh, Blade Runner 2049. He wasn't terrible in it, but he was also not in it that long. So, mm-hmm. good God, man. Come on. That, that Suicide Squad's Joker was terrible. I didn't like it. Some people did. I don't know. It's, it's moving right along. Um, Valiant, Valiant, Valiant got me all flustered now. Faith getting a solo movie, okay. uh, according to Deadline. So you know what? Good for good for that character. Good for Valiant. Uh, Sony's also producing a film based on Bloodshot, which we already knew. So there's no re- release date for Faith, but um, cool. So if you don't know about the character of Faith, Faith is named Faith Herbert. She's a telekinetic superhero known for her jovial attitude. I have not read much Valiant stuff, much less that, but I, yeah, sure. Okay. Go represent. All righty. So, um... Rebel Wilson! Oh, goodness. <laughs> anyway, on to the comic book news. Yes. Uh, first up, Bolivar and Heavy Vinyl creators earn the Russ, earn Russ Manning nominations. So, Boom Studios is proud to announce it's gotten two nominations in the 2018 Russ Manning Promising Newcomer Awards for uh, Sean Rubin, writer-artist of Bolivar from the Arcade imprint, and Nina Vacueva, artist of Heavy Vinyl from the Boombox imprint. Congrats to them. Congrats indeed. Um, let's see, next up. Oh, good. DC launches a 100-page giant as Walmart exclusives. And actually, the, the, I think the next maybe one or two. Yeah, well, at least the next one is... is mm-hmm. Related, oh. So, yeah, so you're going to get uh, a big 100-page giant comic that's going to be Walmart exclusive only. There, I think uh, the dandy video may have shown a picture of what the display is going to look like that uh, has been going around the Twitters. And what we're going to get out of these uh, this display is uh, a Batman, uh, yeah, Batman stuff, Superman stuff, Teen Titan stuff, Justice League stuff. Uh, looks like... Oh, and all 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 of those are gonna have like little short stories from from their various um universes they're in. So it sounds like there's gonna be original stories from Jimmy Palmiata, uh Amanda Connor, Dan Jurgens, Tim Seeley. I think Bendis is actually doing one of those. Yes. The wait, what? Okay. And it's gonna be available July. Okay. Uh starting July first with Bendis's Looks like a wait twelve part Superman story by Tom King and a twelve patch part Batman story by Bendis following in September. Alrighty. Oh so, yeah, look forward to that. In the local Mart WalMarts if you care, and they're going to be four ninety nine, which that's weird because there are books that they're selling that with lesser pages for that exact price. Right. Well, it is Walmart. They got to cater to the Walmart crowd. So, no offense to the Walmart crowd. Um, that is the price point though that they're looking for. I mean, for uh, hundred pages for, for five bucks, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm not complaining about that. It's maybe it's like, going to be on newsprint. We could only, actually. I don't know if it even says here or not, but yeah, it is, but it's an anthology, and it's yeah, yeah it, or it could be on like that super thin shiny paper, probably. Regardless, so go check that out if you're interested. So it could be something cool right. out of. Uh, Batman may be returning to his classic look and trunks, aka underwear on the outside. Yes, not to be confused with Trunks from DBZ. Yeah, right? Okay. 
So from September uh, solicits for Batman 55, and it shows uh, Batman in a more classic look, which he's, I mean, there's been a couple of different classic looks that he's been, because he's going back to the gray at one point recently. Like in Trinity had the kind of a version of the gray, uh, the gray suit. So, yeah. But this is the more, I guess the quote unquote, the more classic one. All right. You got next. I got next, like in basketball. Um, Justice League Dark Rider promises Dr. Fate, Dr. Fate, Blue Devil, and Scary New Villain. So this is James Tenney and the fourth, who took part in a, as a, in a part of our AMA on Reddit and was talking about uh, Justice League Dark, which I could have sworn was out already, but I guess it hasn't, hasn't come out yet. And I guess he's talking about, um, yeah, Dr. Fate's going to show up in just in the issue number two. Blue Devil has a role in a future story arc. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Next up, uh, I think we talked about this last week. Marv Wolfen explained Cyborg's cancellation, return, and recancellation. We talked about the fact that it happened, but and a couple of days later, we got this, which was his expl- explanation as to, actually, it might have been the next day, as to why it got canceled. Uh, the TLDR is that apparently uh, no one knew he was writing it, one, and uh, it seems like, uh, you know, the the book wasn't getting pushed. That was partially my take. Yep. And it, well, according he because he says most fans had already given up on it and didn't even know he was writing. It, it was his, his direct quote. So, but yeah, it sounds like it wasn't really getting pushed out of way. And realistically, yeah, people, I can uh, like as one of the, the people who was actually still reading that book, like it was weird to see that you know, like from when it started and then writers changed. But it was keep going, you know, and people were hyping it up in the beginning because because of the writer and when the writer changed, which was but and people start stopped hyping it up, even though the writer also was a was a person of color, which is why they were hyping it up in the first place. And then that ended and Wolfman came on the book and the, and in between that they had stopped the book for a minute and came back and Wolfman started writing it and they just decided to kill it and in the last couple of issues that he had written, which is what, 24, 20, 23, 24 and twenty five. Um, that which he had already written are not going to be coming out. Right. That being said, and he also mentioned that he's writing Raven, which is I think is a twelve issue miniseries. Uh, so, Mark, Mark Wolfman, creator of the Teen Titans, you know, still out there doing his thing with Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Sadly, not Cyborg, which you know, because of Justice League should have should be a little bit more prominent. But well, I guess he is. He's on Justice League, so you can fold the next two together. Yep. Toy Corner! Uh, even more weird and wonderful Comic-Con exclusives and the rest of the best of the toys. So, yeah, we got to uh, look at some of the exclusive stuff that is going to be coming during a show, show some, some sold during San Diego Comic-Con. That includes some Lego sets uh, from Star Wars and um, uh, DC Voltron. stuff. So what? And Voltron. Yes, and Voltron. Uh, there's an Incredibles board game. There's not a meat thing. There's, there's Aquaman. And this Action Comics one, though, is, is kind of neat. There's Mattel Action Comics um, one. If you okay. see it. Yeah, that one's kind of neat. And, of course, the, the, we talked about, I think we talked about this last week, the Swedish Chef one. And, of course, uh, the Voltron one, which you guys don't see here, but we talked about in on, on a, in a side panel, in a side chat. Um, Shout out to Matt Wayne, who's just joining us. Uh, you missed the books we were talking about. You missed all our technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you, you, you didn't miss much in that in that regard. Uh, that was fun. Not really, but it was still fun. 
So now we're on the news. And in fact, we're kind of nearing the end of the show. But thank you for joining us regardless, sir. Uh, we're still talking well, about... Good um, stuff coming because the next bit of news is about Toys R Us finally getting... Maybe getting fresh batteries. So the former CEO is reportedly eyeing a reboot for the shuttered retail giant. Today is the last day of uh, Toys R Us being open. But it looks like the former CEO is trying to organize a way to reboot the franchise. Right. Um, I I was going to say I was going to go back to the to the toy thing because because that, that next story kind of had the, the Thanos copter. Oh, okay. I'm sorry about that. I thought we were just okay. we were just going to combine the two. Holy no, cow! The Thanos copter. So that's going to be an exclusive at uh, uh, San Diego, and then there's some Pokemon stuff and the and the Shira thing. So yeah, so there's some. Oh yeah, the Porg. I thought we talked about that one last week though. Yeah, we did talk about the, the, the Porg and the Millennium Falcon, and then there's that again. Some of the stuff that we've already talked about, but the, the, but the Thanos copter one was the one I wanted to get to because that was that's kind of weird and funny. And it's, as, if you're watching the video, you can see that it's encased in a Cosmic Cube type um, casing. Which, yeah, that is some quirky stuff right there. And muscles. So you know, muscles got to got to come back. So yeah, but the Toys R Us thing. Um, if that happens, I can't imagine what they would do. Well, we just have to wait and see in that regard. We have to, you know, because that kind of financing is on a pretty big scale. Um, they could do like a like a big, big Toy Stories type situation and just be online only or sell through Amazon. I think right. they did a deal where they were kind of sort of selling through Amazon anyway. I was going to say, uh, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of retail real estate out there. They may not want to take over their old locations, but there's plenty of malls that could use, you know, or, or uh, strip malls. Forget malls because KB wants to go into malls. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna mention that. Yeah, could be trying to trying to trying to shoot their shot, <laughs> which is sad. But hey. uh, before we before we leave tonight, and one of the reasons why I'm trying to hurry along through the news is that I did get a small haul of toys on my last trip to trips to Toys R Us this past weekend. So I because I didn't intend to go this week, so I did actually come out with some stuff. So before we wrap, I'm gonna go through those real quick. Not a problem. We only got a few more stories, and that being. GameStop explains the how and why it's going to start selling comics. TLDR, money. There you go. Uh, but yeah, this was an interview with uh, io9 and I guess uh, somebody from, from GameStop saying there's the when and the wins and the hows and the why they're going to start selling comic books. So you can go check that out uh, if you please. All right. Next up, uh, Marvel teases Dan Slott's Iron Man will go from microscopic to 70 stories high. All righty. Yep. So, and I didn't. I didn't actually read this article. I'm assuming he got hold of some pimp articles or something. Yep. Yep. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So. Okay. Cool. Um, Marvel's Infinity Wars comics are creating some mighty mashups. We kind of talked about this last week. Right. But we. I guess we now know that it's indeed coming out of Infinity Wars, which I guess makes sense. Right. Uh, as opposed to the speculation of having something to do with whatever else. Something else. Right. Yeah. Right. Because I think when it was initially introduced, we thought it might not have to do with Infinity Wars. It might be uh, something independent. But yeah, now right. it seems that it is, con- you know, uh, it's confirmed that the- it is related and coming straight out of the events of Infinity Wars. Sure. God help us all. Uh, Marvel reintroduces the Century's family sidekicks to contu- continuity. Oh, I, I hate screwing up words like that. But it, we kind of already talked about this in, in the, um, in the oh, review. But, you know. Or in the beginning of the show. So, yeah, the century's a thing. It's a back out. And... All right. So, next up, the full Weapon X-Force lineup has been revealed with Sabretooth in the lead. Uh, that I guess this is uh, related to events in the book where Old Man Logan is taking a back seat 
are starting to recede from view as uh, as the uh, as regular Wolverine is set to return. So, um, you know, it's a bunch of killers minus Thunderbird. Right. Which I mean, that's kind of what what the Web Mechs book has been. Well, that being that X Force, right, <laughs> has been that. But wait, is that uh, Omega Red? Yes, it is Omega Red. Hmm. He's one of the big additions. Weird. That's weird. It's different. Yeah. So yeah, Weapon X go. It's it's out there. Greg Pot. Hello. It's de- it's definitely something different. Yeah. Really. Um. Next up, queer romance hit Bingo Love to return with two new releases. Um, so one Miss T. Franklin's comic book smash will return in November with an expanded edition ahead of a second volume in February 2020. Um, let's see, there will be oh, Bingo Love Volume One Jackpot Edition, which will uh represent the original release by Franklin and Jen Saint Ange, along with 50 pages of additional material from Marguerite Bennett, Bennett, um, Beverly Johnson, Sean Pryor, Paulina. Benancho, excuse me, Gail Simone, and uh, Ariel Christine, Christ, Christina. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sarah um, Afugi. Apologize for if I've screwed up any of the names. I hate doing that. Um, and also going to be volume two, which is going to be uh, the 136-page collection and also features an afterword by novelist and comic writer Gabby Rivera. Uh, shout out to uh, America, which uh, she wrote, um, along with... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's still... That is still the volume one that that's going to be in. And then the, the volume two is going to be Dear Diary, which is in 2020. So, Cole Beans, shout out to Nancy Franklin. Get, do your thing, girl. Uh, last but not least. Last but not least, the first look at Boom Studios, Clueless, one last summer graphic novel. If you think this is based on the movie with Alicia Silverstone, you are damn right it is. <laughs> As so- if. As if, so um, it's gonna uh, it's gonna be it's a follow up to the 2017 smash hit Clueless Senior Year that arrives in. So we know it's a smash hit apparently because it's still it's gonna this is gonna arrive in uh, November 2018. Oops, yeah. Written by Sarah Coon and Amber Benson. Yeah, I did not know this was a thing, but again, to make six, not a thing about it. Uh, Charlie's Angels came out this week. I don't. Somebody at my shop had bought it, but I was kind of looking, going to look into it, just what in the hell that was about. But it's Charter's Angels, so mm-hmm. that's the thing. So yeah, all you Clueless fans, and we know there are a lot of you are out there. We know, actually, we kind of know some. I dare say, shout out to Eclectic on that one. Ha <laughs> That's the thing. Go check it out. When it's ready. So yeah, we are now finished. The um, whoops. Yeah, we are now wrapping the news, and before I read our last ad of the night, I wanted to get into some of the stuff I picked up in my last trips to uh, Toys R Us before the uh, official closing of this iteration of Toys R Us. So, as you guys know, anyone who follows the show or follows myself on uh, Instagram at, at age underscore 70 on Instagram, um, I picked up the, uh, the sound effects classic Voltron. Um, I picked up all five lines between two Toys R Us's as uh, things were going on sale at uh, the the not so steep discounts. But now, in the last days of the sh- uh, of the store um, and the discounts being up to sixty percent, I was actually still able to pick up a couple of decent things. First up, I picked up some Marvel Legends, believe it or not. And it's funny what's still left on the pegs. I picked up a Misty Knight. Nice. I think I have that one already. And I picked up a wasp from the uh, the first Ant Man line, 
didn't get this because I didn't want to, I wasn't in the mood to build the uh, Age of Ultron Ultron. I saw that in my comic book store, and I think um, a guy had gotten a couple of those. I almost grabbed one. Yep, picked up uh, Dark Knight Returns Robin, Carrie Kelly. So, that's been cool. And last, but definitely not least, I had put off buying him uh, when it first came out. <laughs> plush Lockjaw, baby. A plush Lockjaw. 60% off. Did you see uh, the Funko one, or did they not have any? I already had one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. I already had it. <laughs> so I got the uh, the plush Lockjaw. Not sure if this is going to my niece or not, if I'm just going to hold on to it, but we shall see. I mean, you know that's going to your niece at some point. Come on. <laughs> Regardless of whether you kept it for yourself or not. <laughs> right. So that that is a nice little haul for the, the, the weaning days of Toys R Us. Nice. I didn't go by there. I know, like, and the, you see the big fat going out of business sign that's on there when, every time I go past it, and that's been almost every other day. So, but, so wait, so there's closing this week? Today or tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. It's like the end of June, so. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think they were going to make it to the 30th. I think it was going to be tomorrow as the last day. Mm-hmm. You should take a look, you know, you know, uh, maybe give them a call or something. Yeah, or see what's what's going on online also, because mm-hmm. pretty sure you can snap some stuff up there. But regardless of that, yeah, so long, uh, so long to Jeffrey and the Toys R Us crew. No more toy runs. No more potential toy runs. Yeah, don't like the fact that uh, I saw articles that said it seems like uh, all the Toys R Us kids have grown up. So, you know, that can't be right. I don't want to grow up. Oh, my Toys R Us kid. Seriously. Yeah. So, all right, our last ad of the night as we wrap the show is uh, is for Funko. Fun at first sight. Your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel, t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise, custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. That's SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through cspn.us. Do it today. I think we're doing it at the same time. And with that, folks, we come to the, the end of another fine programming. Want to thank um uh PC underscore dirt for for coming in when he could for the first part of the show. Uh that is PC and underscore dirt uh on Twitter, pop culture net on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, I need comics.com. Uh I he's out on the internet, folks. Go go check him out. Tim D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, our founder and friend uh, who is still on his Timbatical. Uh, CBCron, dot, excuse me, CBCron on Twitter. Nation. that's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N on Twitter. Go check him out on CBR, uh, doing his thing over there, working hard for the money. Uh, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and also on Instagram. Anything else you want to? I don't know. Well, we'll talk about that afterwards. And also, me, your host for this affair, Ronnie Cat, on Twitter. News News Need on Twitter. News News Need uh, Reddit. You can go check that out. Lots of good stuff over there. If you don't see it on Twitter, it's probably going to be there. Um, CB Caps Instagram page. 
which yeah i definitely am getting to some of that stuff and i just been some things happening but you can find this very podcast on apple Podcasts and google play you can also find us on soundcloud you can also find us on the cspn.us with those fine folks and, and their other pride uh, podcasts that you should go check out good stuff over there uh shop that cspn.us go get some merch from this show and uh, other shows on cspn and we will see you on Twitter to because I just thought about like as we said earlier uh, we may be going into movie pro- protocol next week but we will definitely let you know so you can go check us out on our individual Twitters and we will let you know if we are going to have a show or not or what stands in that case and with that folks this is the Combo Chronicles and you have a great night okay lady I love you bye bye <laughs> Would you believe it? It's, it's Dr. Doom. What's on your evil mind? Oh, you